welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word with Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. We're glad that you're with us today as we conclude John chapter 19, looking at the death and burial of Jesus. Now, this is the last of the days where we will focus on what seemingly is very bad news as Jesus is crucified and dies on the cross and then is buried in what seems to be, if we are reading this for the very first time, never hearing of Jesus, it seems like this is the end, the conclusion of it all. Everything is over now, but we know as believers this ending really is just a part of the beginning. Let's go ahead and get into the text today beginning in verse 28, going through the end of the chapter in verse 42. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may also believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus in the night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. There is so much in this passage that speaks to the fulfillment of prophetic Old Testament scripture. Even the speaking of, I am thirsty, that Jesus says in verse 28, and then the wine vinegar, the sour wine that they put on the stalk of a hyssop plant, and lifted it to the lips of Jesus. This is all in reference to Old Testament scripture, prophetic scripture, that was in fulfillment of that. 
the hyssop plant itself is unique in that it was used in, during the Passover, which is, this is the time of the Passover. The hyssop plant was the, the plant that was used to be dipped in the lamb's blood and then put on the, the doorposts of the, the people's homes so that when the spirit saw those uh, doorposts with the blood on it, they would pass over those houses you see in this now the fulfillment of Jesus in all of this Old Testament imagery that was used. So Jesus received that drink, and then he said, it is finished. This phrase, it is finished, is actually just the one word in the Greek language, tetelestai, which is a statement of, it is finished, not I am finished. In other words, the reason why he came was finished there on the cross. The payment of the penalty for sin was finished in that moment. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. In other words, death didn't come for him. He gave up his spirit. He bowed his head. He gave away his spirit. Now, it was the day of preparation The day of preparation was always the Friday before the Sabbath day. The Sabbath would begin in the evening after sunset. Everyone had to be prepared for that. You had to prepare all of your meals in advance, make sure all your chores were done in advance because you wouldn't be able to do them on the Sabbath. And it was special because it was the Sabbath of the Passover celebration. And because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses, which was normal Roman function, but you certainly didn't want to have the bodies left over on the Sabbath day because you wouldn't be able to do anything with them on the Sabbath day. It wouldn't have been unusual for the Jewish leaders then to go to whoever was in charge and say, hey, can we dispose of these bodies before the evening comes? So they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The significance of the legs broken was, again, this was a normal thing that would happen to these men who were crucified. It would often take a day or two for people who were crucified to die, to quicken the deaths, and to be able to dispose of the bodies. They would break the legs of those who were hanging on the cross, and now with those broken legs, they would not be able to lift their bodies up in the breathing process, and that very quickly allowed them, mercifully, perhaps, to die instead of just to hang there and continue to hang there. In the only excavation that archaeologists have found of someone being crucified on a cross, they found the legs broken on those bodies. And so that was a, a normal function, and of course Roman literature also describes that. So the soldiers were sent They broke the legs of the first two men, the men on either side of Jesus, to again hasten their death. But then when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead and they did not break his legs. And again, that's a fulfillment of Old Testament scriptures that not a bone of his body would be broken. So instead of breaking his legs to confirm the death of Jesus, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus's side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The spear would have gone up underneath the chest cavity and pierced 
perhaps several organs, including stomach, including lungs, and of course his heart, and therefore you have this flow of blood and water. In verses 35 and 36, the testimony of the one who saw it is true, and John is describing himself here. John is reluctant to name himself, but this is normally the way he speaks about his own testimony and and what he uh, witnesses and how he writes about himself. And he's describing himself as being the one who saw this happen. And again, these things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled and that his testimony is true. I saw it, John would say, I'm giving true testimony of what happened with Jesus. During the time that John wrote this, which was some perhaps as many as 50 years later, John writes this, there is this heresy that is beginning to creep into the churches that denies the incarnation of Jesus. His birth, his death would be things that they would call into question in this heresy. So John is emphatic here, describing the death of Jesus in a way saying, this is my testimony. I saw it happen. He had a human body. Yes, he did. And this is a a description of his death. And so that was to combat that particular heresy. These things happened so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones would be broken and that they would look upon the one that they had pierced which comes from Old Testament prophecy, dealing with this moment in time, but also dealing with the nation of Israel during the time of the tribulation from Zechariah chapter 12. And then the scene shifts to Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus coming to ask Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now again, this was not something that people would normally do. It was somewhat of a risk now for Joseph to do this, to go to Pilate and to ask for the body of Jesus. It may have involved him providing some sort of money uh, in exchange for this opportunity to retrieve Jesus, because normally the Romans wanted the bodies exposed to the elements and exposed to animals that would come and eat off of their bodies. It was a part of the disgrace of crucifixion. But he granted the request for Joseph, and so Joseph and Nicodemus came and retrieved the body. These two were secretly followers of Jesus. Nicodemus was the one man who came to Jesus at night in John chapter 3, and they both became followers of Jesus. And now, in this moment, in this way, they are making their own faith public by willingly going to the place where Jesus was crucified, physically lowering his body down off of the cross, and then making the preparations for the burial of Jesus. Notice the phrase here, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, and this is at the end of verse 39. Think about this that Jesus' body was wrapped up like a mummy, think of it like a mummy, hands at his side, feet constricted, tied down, if you will, bound together with 75 pounds 
of spice and aloes and myrrh and all of these things that they would use as a way to provide for the burial of Jesus. And so this idea that Jesus just feigned at the cross and then recovered, that he really didn't die, when you consider what they did to wrap his body up and the amount of spices, if he had just been wounded in that way and then bound up in that way, including his head and face, there would be no way for anybody to survive that kind of burial. It's just hogwash to consider the idea that Jesus didn't die. So they took his body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. There was a garden and a tomb nearby. This was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, and it was a new tomb, again in fulfillment of Old Testament scripture in which no one had ever been laid. That was a fulfillment of Old Testament. And because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, all of that was laid out in advance by Joseph. They laid Jesus there. And that seems to be the end of the story at this time, but we know it's not. As the saying goes, it's just Friday, but Sunday's coming. And we <laughs> we can't wait for Sunday. Saturday seems so terrible, and but we know that Sunday's coming. Lord, thank you for the promise of Sunday. Thank you for the promise of the resurrection. Thank you that you were willingly uh, that you willingly went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sin. And Lord, thank you that your death was not the final chapter. That there is so much more. And Lord, we just so much so look forward to the news of your resurrection and all that that means for us as your followers, as believers in Jesus Christ, who have trusted you with our lives because we know that you conquered the grave and because you did, we too will be conquering the grave. The grave is not the end. We know that we have a home with you in heaven forever, and we thank you for it, and we pray these things in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening here today on Daily in the Word. Look forward to seeing you again next time as we get into the what is the best news of all, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We'll see you again next time. Have a great day.